Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring the strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working part-time at my private practice and part-time at a community mental health agency in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an owner of a group practice in Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun, and please refer to your state guidelines and licensing boards for any ethical concerns. And please remember to subscribe and follow our podcast and on Instagram. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. Welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We are at episode three. What better time than to share with you how Abby and I met uh, and why we think it would be important for you to know that. Yes. (laughs) We're also going to talk about why you should care about how we met and what you would be looking for in a supervisor or a consultant, because that's a really important piece of our field is having that solid mentorship or supervision. Mm -hmm. And we're connecting that all because, surprise, spoiler alert, we met through a similar consultant, a shared (laughs) consultant. We did. So I I think, Abby, that I'll just share it. I remember, um, so our shared consultant is Marshall Lyles. Mm -hmm. Um, I think actually that's what he said. He said, I know somebody that I think is near you. They want to expand their practice. At first I was like, do they want me to join their practice? (laughs) And he's like. And they are wanting to run a group. And I told I told them about the group that you run at the agency I work at um, for the listener. Uh, I do this kind of multifamily trauma group, mm-hmm. which um, talks about interpersonal neurobiology for parents and um, then theraplay in between mm-hmm. and, uh, all those things. Anyways, so we just took a pause. But as a listener, you will not know that. <laughs> But there was a pause. This is actually the first time that Abby and I are talking about this. Yeah, there's been this agreeance that it's cosmically fitting and strange, but like not strange at all mm-hmm. that we are together now, but we've never sat down and done the timeline. So that's really exciting because it has been over two years mm-hmm. that we've both been working with Marshall mm-hmm. and around around that same time that we've maybe 18 months that we've been in communication with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you say um, kind of cosmically connected, I'm remembering when we were doing that book club pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your sister arrived. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I know you. <laughs> and I was like, I met your sister before I met you. Yeah. And I in a different her. state. Yeah. Too. <laughs> like, yeah. We were in a different state, a different training, yeah. but both lived here. Yeah. Um, and so I remember texting Abby and being like, we would have connected one way or the other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember Marshall saying that as, so that is what happened is I was looking while well, I had been, I think I was having a therapeutic existential crisis almost at that time um, around, I work a lot with adoption preservation. That's my favorite or like ideal, you know, client adoptees and their families and was realizing so much more deeply how parents need to work through their own stuff. Like I love doing play therapy and dyadic work, but I had this real longing to work with parents 
on that reflective parenting piece. And Marshall had talked so much in his trainings about getting a group together, um, specifically adoptive parents. But then I started to expand that. Like, I just think that parents in general, and then being a parent, I've seen how that's so true in my own life. Um, and his recommendation was to not do that alone, but it's very challenging Yes and no. I feel like it's kind of challenging to find people that um, you have synergy with mm-hmm. in the interpersonal neurobiology sense. Yes. Because I didn't want it to be a psychoad parent group. Um, and so when I brought it up to him, he was like, oh, is it okay if I connect you with someone? This, you know, this could be really good. And I don't remember who emailed first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do. Was that the first training you had gone to of Marshall's? And how did you find out about that training? Hmm. I know it was not my first one of Marshall's. I had done some online webinars of his and I think I learned about Marshall through my mentor, who is my old supervisor. When I first was in the field, I worked at an agency, um, adoption preservation focused in Illinois. And she taught me everything that I love and know about Santre. And so she knew about Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Robin, same thing, because Robin works so much with foster and adoptive families. Yes. Um, Robin and Marshall are such a pair. And yes. so you, um, I just really enjoyed both of them. Yeah. And I'm glad to bring that up. The training was both Marshall yeah. and Robin Goble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they presented that together. I was working full-time at the community mental health mm-hmm. agency that I'm at. And I had just gotten into synergetic play therapy, Lisa Dion, the creator of that, and was on the Facebook page. And Robin actually had posted on that Facebook page. Lisa gave me permission to post this training on here. And I really, attachment wasn't something that I had my heart in. I knew about it and certainly used parts of it. But I think I was just eager to learn and wanted other trainings. And so we signed up for it. I had another colleague that was there and we went and I heard, well, first of all, I'm an LMFT and um, there hasn't, there's not a lot of LMFTs that have been around me in, in my training and in my growing as a therapist. And so when Marshall introduced himself as an LMFT, I was just like, oh. <laughs> so I had wanted to learn from yeah. an LMFT. So I remember at a break, I, I went up and asked him, like, do you do consultation? Mm. And then I started pretty quickly after that training with him. Maybe That's once so or twice brave. A month. I don't think I ever would have been able to go up in person and been like, can you be my consultant? I just sent him this really cowardly email. <laughs> and it was very like, if you have the time, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that I wasn't as confident as I'm presenting. As you're remembering, yeah. I'm sure I was like, uh, uh, hi, excuse me. <laughs> and the amazing thing though, and this is what we'll talk more about in finding a consultant or supervisor is as we talk about Marshall now, there's this admiration because he's just so skilled mm-hmm. at the field, but um, very human. Yes. And so he has said things like that to me, like if humanity, I'm going to butcher this, how he, cause he's so eloquent, but something about like humanity has to be a part of the therapeutic process. And I think that with supervisors and consultants, that needs to be true as well. So I will like work myself up to like, yeah, send him that initial email or anticipate what I think he's going to say, like all this criticism about an interaction with a client or something. And it is never the case. No. Um, And he is just so gracious. And so 
the balance of accountability and, and challenges me as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my EMDR consultant as I'm a consultant in training for EMDR, but very compassionate um, yes. and helps build my own tolerance to have compassion for myself as a clinician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about actually that I remember, and, and this will stick with me the rest of my career, the first consultation I had with him, which at that time, I didn't consciously know why I did this, but now I'm very conscious of why I did it. But I started off with a family session that, as I put it in that consultation, I had just royally screwed up. <laughs> but why would I start by telling him how terrible I am? Yeah. Because I w- really wanted him to know from the get-go that I wasn't a good therapist and needed help. Right. And that's not true. No, no. But that's what I believed about myself at that time. And so I, I spent this time sharing with him about the whole session and how bad I had screwed it up. And he listened. There was never a time where he interrupted. And when I was finally done, just wait, you know, all my breath is gone because I've just been speaking so quickly. He just looked at me and I don't remember exactly his words, but I just felt so held. Mm -hmm. I I think I remember him saying, wow, I can just see as you're talking because we were over Zoom. He's in Texas. I'm in Colorado. I can just see on your face how much you care about this family. And as I'm watching mm-hmm. you talk and, and my gosh, what Marshall has taught us now about disconfirming experience, I was so waiting for him to be like, oh yeah, or oh, I can't do consultation yeah. with you. You are <laughs> quite the liability. <laughs> right. right. You know, and ah, so I, I am so glad that I started out with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was then I knew like, wow, I really need um, somebody to, to help me with yeah. this. And then what, what wonderful work that because he is so talented new for you and I to connect with each other. Cause it feels like I have known you for a long time, yes. but it has not been yeah. chronologically. That is not true. Right. That's not true. But there are parts of me that I'm like, of course, and I will know you for a long time. And it feels it's very, maybe people that are listening, maybe you know how this is when you meet someone that is so like a kindred spirit or there's just something a little bit spiritual about it. Like, I don't know why Yeah, this works, but it does. Well, I have never shared this with you. It feels a little embarrassing. Mostly I'm afraid of like you being like, I guess the same thing with Marshall. I'm going to share this and, and I'm thinking, Abby's going to be like, God, what a weirdo. I'm going to turn off this podcast. We're just done. Yeah. <laughs> but we ended up connecting and then we were both going to a, yet again, another Marshall yeah. and Robin training. Yes, we did a few months later. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think when we had connected, we said that we were both going. And mm-hmm. so we had texted or emailed or something that we would meet up then in person. And I remember going and feeling very nervous. Yeah. Like, okay, who who is it? How do I like keep an eye out for them? You know, what are they going to think? Uh, really excited to like be connected with somebody that I must be like-minded. And then I don't know how we, I don't know how we saw each other and maybe just knew. Yeah. Maybe we didn't. I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. I remember when we walked up to each other, I just like looked at you in your face Uh and very much was like, she looks exactly like me. (laughs) I don't know why. I think so, you know, we both have freckles and brown hair and our noses are pierced. And we're tall. (laughs) It's a really important factor. Yes. (laughs) But so I think those were the words, but I think it's this the feeling that you're talking about. So in my mind, I was having what is that nineties movie with the twins? (laughs) Oh yes. 
I was literally having like a parent trap moment. I'm like, is this, is this something that I'm related to? Oh, that's so funny. But I think those are the words, but really it was a feeling of, oh, here's my person. Yes. It was like a settling. Marshall has talked about how we look similar. Oh, yeah. How it's, yeah. He's, and there was some celebrity that he, I don't remember, that he believes is the merging of both of us. And it's true. And I don't remember, I'm not good at pop culture stuff, but, I'm not either. Um, but it is a strange mm. and not strange at all. I don't know. Yeah. When you just, cause I think even with certain mentors or like close friends and colleagues, it feels like there's something bigger at play there than that we would both seek consultation from him both be connected. Uh, we never did the parent group. We did a parent workshop. Yeah. We did a parent workshop and we kind of tried for the group, but it turned into more of like, uh, we just had other, I don't know. We wanted to do the podcast. We, I still don't know whose idea that was. I really feel like it was yours. <laughs> yeah. I have been doing something. We talked about this in episode one about whose yes. idea this was. Yes. The more I thought about it, the more I'm like, well, I do often tell people I'm the ideas person and don't put things. I need somebody else to put it together. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, Abby's probably right. I'm sure I came <laughs> up with it, but I had no intention of actually like putting doing it. <laughs> Which is funny because you brought all the equipment. You really did put it together. I just showed up with the computer. And uh, so certainly I want to acknowledge a piece of particularly folks that are working in community mental health there's usually lower pay. So yes, that was difficult. Um, I was also working part-time at a restaurant. And so I used the money from the restaurant to be able to pay for this consultation. If there is any way to prioritize where you're putting your money in and those types of things, this is, this is the thing to do. Find your consultant. Uh, generally, I think in the field, it's about a hundred bucks somewhere. I would say no more than 150 mm-hmm. You know, unless you're really like Bruce Perry or Dan <laughs> Siegel or Bonnie Batnock, possibly. I don't know yeah, what they charge, but right. uh, in general, I think you could find a good consultant for somewhere between $100 and $150, mm-hmm. uh, maybe slightly over an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, if you're already licensed, Marshall and I met for a month, but it is finding somebody. Marshall did Santray. I didn't do Santray. I had some training in it. He did attachment. I think it just speaks to what we're talking about in this podcast you don't have to meet with a consultant that has the same training as you or that works from the same modality. You just need somebody who you feel safe with Mm -hmm. and that can hold you. It's very similar to a therapist. Yes, it really is. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Last year I went through Noeticus is like a local, I don't know, training hub in Colorado here. We'll link it in the show notes, but they had the approved clinical supervisor credential that I did. Mm -hmm. And I think in there, there are pieces of things I wish I would have asked. Maybe that's helpful because we we understand that for you, listener, you might be a new therapist in the field entirely, like right out of school, or maybe you're new to relational neuroscience mm-hmm. um, and seeking to blend that with the modality. It could be something like IFS or EMDR or play therapy. And so if you're seeking a credential like EMDR consultant or certified in EMDR or um, registered play therapist, then you want to find the supervisor who obviously can give you the hours towards that credential. Mm -hmm. But I think something I wish I would have asked is in looking for a supervisor, things like what is your model of supervision? I don't think I ever would have known. And I just got really lucky, Mm -hmm. truly. um, Or I guess you can chalk it up to like some cosmic favoritism. I have no idea. Um, 
But out of grad school, I just landed on an incredible supervisor who continues to be a mentor to me now. Um, But I wouldn't have had a choice in agency world, like you're saying, Kelly. So if that hadn't been a good fit, there is no way I would have thought that I should try to afford someone like $100 an hour. Mm -hmm. When it is true, as we're talking now, that is so important to, to do anything you can to try or even create like a peer group for free to just get together with other people in the field, mm-hmm. like a book club that we've done before, yes. or but just be together um, with people that are different than you, but like-minded in the orientation of neurobiology. Um, but I think I would, I wish I would have asked things like, what's your model of supervision? How long have you super, why do you like being a supervisor? Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, because I know the people that will stay with me throughout my career, you know, Marshall or Krista, Krista's going to be horrified maybe that I'm dropping her name here, but Krista Riker is incredible. <laughs> and I hope she listens to this. And uh, she's an RPTS in Illinois. And um, you can tell she, both of those people just love supervising. They love mentoring. Um, and they are knowledgeable and prioritize helping the consultee be safe, feel mm-hmm. safe. And it's not all self of the therapist either. I, I, I feel... I feel like in certain um, certain trainings, certain trainings or certain training programs, certain yeah, certain programs, they might really be heavy on self of the therapist, and that's not bad. You also want someone to soothe your left brain a little bit. Yeah, like give me some strategies, give me the book that I need to read, and then help me work out what comes up for me as I yes. read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, with you speaking about that. That would be somebody that's coming from a developmental model of supervision. Yeah. And I'm just kind of learning about that as I'm in like unit three of my supervisor training. Mm -hmm. I so relate to that and really believe that at the beginning for new therapists, there is, I don't, this kind of maybe sounds like the wrong word, but just there is some handholding and being more directive. Oh, yeah. And giving strategies because those things, actually, Robin uh, Goebel talks about that, is those are the things that kind of help us feel safe is having like an anchor. Those kind of keep us anchored in. So we need that at the beginning. And there's this underlining piece of also doing the self of the therapist work. Yeah. And I think um, it was when someone asked me, um, like a mentor figure, what would it be like to not plan your session today? And I was kind of horrified this years ago. I was like, Oh no, I can't do that. I need to plan. I need to rehearse the whole thing in the car on the way there. And and really just planting those seeds of what would it be like to trust that you do know the stuff. So I've read enough or I've done enough trainings and then to just trust that what comes up in the moment is going to be what they need. Yeah. Um, and I still have to think back on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you're talking, I'm thinking about how getting really good consultation or supervision for a new therapist or a therapist that's wanting to learn a new theory orientation I myself relate it as like this parent child dynamic. Yeah. Because I just need, I needed Marshall and I didn't know it. I needed someone to believe in me when I couldn't believe in myself. Yeah. And he absolutely, I would have not gotten my RPT. I wouldn't have gone for the EMDR certification. I wouldn't have gone for the approved supervisor Mm -hmm. because I didn't believe I was worth any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so nice to have somebody who, I have been able to internalize some regulation mm-hmm. and compassion for myself and, and start to believe like I am worth all of those things and have things to offer folks. Yeah. 
And would you say, I think I know what you're going to, how you'll answer this, but would you say it's because he sat there and told you all those things or was it the way, was it more implicit? I think it's exactly what we're talking about now is this perfect balance of left and right brain. Mm -hmm. So there were certainly times where he became very left and used those words. Yeah. And then there were the other times where it was just like, I could feel that I was being held and I felt that I was believed in. I felt that he was trusting me. Uh, through, you know, his his facial um, cues, his, his gestures, the way that he responded to me, the questions that he asked. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because as we talk about Marshall and as we, because um, he introduced us, right? So yeah. he's like a dear person, consultant in my life and then in your life and then brought us together. It feels like um, as you talk about him, I can just like hear his voice and it feels like this immediate, like self-soothe, like this soothing, like, yes, because that is all we need is for someone to mirror our inherent worth. Yes. And he does do that so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know who that is for you that's listening, but if you could find a consultant or supervisor who is left brain knowledgeable, yes, mm-hmm. years in the field, yes, mm-hmm. and who can be that reflection of your inherent worth and preciousness. That's so important. It is flooding to me even still in working with him. It can be a lot for me to be like, I just want to art. And I'll even say, I just want to argue with you because I don't think that's true about myself. Right? (laughs) Like, Like part of me hears that and believes that. And there's another part of me that's like, no, that's not true. And I just appreciate his persistence in it. And so who, if you could find that person, typically when you find a good supervisor or consultant or even a trainer, It feels like resonance. I'm trying to think about how do you describe what that feels like in your body? It feels very somatic. Mm. Like I feel a settling in my gut and I could have had a chaotic day. But when I talk with Krista or Marshall, I feel connected to myself and to that person. Yes. I'm thinking too on what you're saying and adding I had met with Marshall for over a year and I'll still continue to reach out to Marshall it's also okay, just like you have too. I eventually reached out to Robin. They're both beautiful and wonderful people and bring different things to the field that are so necessary. And they both talk about how different they are. Yes. And I've met with Robin two or three times now. And it's the same thing. You know, after meeting and during meeting with her, I'm holding that experience and it just feels so regulating. I can hold that for sessions. And no, it's like going back and getting a drink of water when I meet mm. with her or him for consultation. I am hydrated for a, quite a few sessions and I'm like, all right, it's, it's, I just need a little bit more water again. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> it is re- <laughs> <they are> refreshing and <laughs> 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 <It's> sustaining. <laughs> you can check out the show notes for more kind of tips and tricks of mm-hmm. finding a consultant, supervisor, certainly reach out ask us questions if there are some things that we didn't answer on here and we'll make sure that that's on the website for you yeah that sounds good thanks for joining us today see you next time